With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Prog Watch. Music that tells a story with your friend and host, Big Tony Rousick, a.k.a. Prog Squatch. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law, 18 plus, terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mystic and reality. 
Welcome back to Prague Watch, my friends. Big Tony here with an interview program dedicated to the artist who was responsible for our opening track this week. The name of the song was Fleming Barris, 1645 through, subtitled The Year of Wonders. It comes from a fabulous 2011 album called Margaret's Children by the band Manning, which was headed by our special guest this week, Guy Manning. With his own band, Manning, Guy put out 15 studio albums between 1999 and 2014 before calling it a day, which we will hear more about later. But aside from all of that output, he has been involved in quite a few other musical endeavors to say the least. He was an original member of The Tangent, with Andy Tillerson and various members of The Flower Kings, including Royna Stolt, and contributed to six official studio albums and one live album as a member of that band. He was also a member of the United Progressive Fraternity, which featured former members of the Australian band Unitopia, one of my favorites from Australia, and had special guests such as John Anderson and Steve Hackett. Along the way, he has also contributed to albums by Parallel or 90 Degrees, Cyril, and Seven Steps to the Green Door. His most recent band is called Demanic, and they have released two studio albums thus far and are about to embark on a European tour with Australia's Southern Empire. The current lineup of Demanic includes Guy plus Sean Timms, formerly of Unitopia and now with Southern Empire, as well as Merrick Arnold from the band's Toxic Smile, Cyril, and Seven Steps to the Green Door. The latest Demanic album also featured a number of guests, including Luke Machin, Nick Magnus, and Antonio Vitozzi, to name a few. So Guy has quite a pedigree, and we will be hearing music from a few of his various projects, but we will place a special emphasis on Demanic and the new album In Flight, which was just released. That's enough of me for now. Let's hear from the man himself, Guy Manning. First, it's a real pleasure and an honor to have you on the program. I've been a fan of your various endeavors for quite a while. Oh, that's nice. How far back do you go? Oh, I'd say album? about 10 years, but I, I've collected up most of everything you've done. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Okay, you're the one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. before we get into more current affairs, can we talk a little about your roots? Yes, certainly. What do you want to know? So, uh, from 99, 1999 through 2014, you had a successful period built around the Manning Band. Does uh, Damanek, and, and I, wa I wanted to ask you, how exactly do you like to pronounce that? Because I, I have a few variations, but I'm not sure. Okay, if you ask me, yes. I would say Damanek. Damanek. And if you ask Sean, he would say Damanek. Okay. But so, I like Damanek. I think that's, that's the way I pronounce it. I was... Both of my options were right in a way. Then, <laughs> yeah, say, we, we, it doesn't really matter. You can call us what you like as long as you like the music. And yeah, so, yeah, okay. and buy it right. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so does uh, Damanek tap into the uh, Manning band history? Its influences, its textures, or you know, what are what are the differences? No, I don't think he does. Only in the, so much as the people who wrote the Manning albums also wrote the Damanek albums. I me. Um, so I don't think there's any um, continuation from Manning material. Um, you know, I hear bits and pieces that I would have done in Manning, in Demanic, and vice versa. Mm -hmm. Because I'm the writer, and I write what I write. Sure. And there's no great mysterious plan. I don't write to order. 
so I don't sit down and think, right, for Demonic, I'm, I, this is my shopping list. It's got to be worldy, and it's got to be, you know, light textures, and it's got to have 80s keyboard sounds in it. Or what, you know, I don't go through a, a list of things. I just write songs. And primarily, that's what my part has been, you know, since 1999, is to provide and write music. And Manic was really me, again, with other people helping out. And, and Demonic is more collaborative um, in the end, but still starts out at the moment, certainly on the first two albums, with me. Uh, the third album, if we do a third album, there may be pieces arriving from the other guys. I don't know. I can't say. But up to press, it's been me as the main writer. So there will be some um, similarity. There will be some crossover. But it's not, I wouldn't call it a continuation. I think Demanic is slightly, it's, it's different. I think Manning had a, it's more singer-songwritery as Manning and has more of a folk element to it, more mm -hmm. bent. And certainly over time, people have said, you know, we've got to, because I sing in a baritone way and I use Steve Dundon on the Manning albums who played with uh, Mick Abrams, we've got a sort of a toll sound. Sure, um, yeah, I've read that, yeah. Not all, I don't think all the Manning materials are tall clones, but no. there are some pieces where I would freely acknowledge that uh, I was channeling my Ian Anderson. Because um, Tull were extremely, and still are, an extremely important band to me. So Me too. <laughs> it's, a long, it's a long answer to a question to say, I think they're separate projects, but the, there is a continual line from 1999 to today because it's me. Mm-hmm. So Manning was also a project, kind of, in terms of working with various musicians. Damanek shares the same approach. Uh, so is there a, I mean, there seems to be a strong collaborative thread running through both Manning and Damanek. So uh, how important is that for the kind of music you're trying to create? I think with Damanek, uh, it's more important. Or Damanek, or Dam I'm doing it now, Damanek. Damanek. Um, <laughs> I think it's more important to collaborate. Uh, Manning was not not as much a collaboration. I mean, I wrote the parts and I got people to come in and play them. Mm -hmm. And other than solos, where I think you're allowing your players to free form and channel whatever they want, I think most of the ensemble arrangements I did on the Manning albums, I'd already pre-written. So I had an idea whether, what the flute solo was going to sound like before I asked Steve to do it, for example. Mm -hmm. um, but with, uh, with Damanek, it's, it's different. I, I purposely stepped away from doing the Manning albums because I wanted that um, greater input from people who are perhaps better players and certainly wiser in certain areas than I am. Uh, and Sean, Sean Timms, of course, mm -hmm. fulfills that in buckets. So, um, and so does Marek and Dan. You know, they're both, all three of, the, of my partners in, in, in Damanek have something to say uh, in the way the album sounds. It immediately starts with me, but it wouldn't be what it is without their input. Um, and especially Sean's, because he takes uh, uh, takes over part of the way through the process. He takes over doing some of the arrangements with me, and we bat it backwards and forth until we're both happy. Mm -hmm. uh, although we, we don't see eye to eye on every single part of the things we've done in, in uh, Germanic, 99.9% has been a committed and agreeable compromise um so i think manning was less collaborative if i want to be i was more of a dictator in manning than i am in uh, in damanek where i sort of step i i take my hands off the wheel you know and say okay mm -hmm. i'm taking you know it's take over and do something with this 
Uh, does that answer your question? Yes, Hopefully. yes. Yeah. So uh, yeah. you were you were also involved in the early days of the tangent. So what was that like? And uh, is was it similar in terms of writing? Was it a, more of a collaboration kind of thing? Uh, well, no, not really. In for tangent, I was in the same position as the players were on the Manning album. Mm-hmm. Andy, Andy wrote, was responsible for the material. Okay, um, and I, in my small way, helped out with on some of the arrangements, perhaps some of the vocal performances and arrangements, perhaps adding the acoustic instruments, definitely, certainly on the first four tangent albums. But really, it, this was Andy's baby, and I was there as a friend more than anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I was drafted in because of my marvellous six-string acoustic part for playing performance-wise. I think I do what I do adequately, but there's, there's nothing I could have brought that Royner couldn't have done on the acoustic, to be honest, um, or Jacko couldn't have done on the acoustic. I was just there and I just provided that element, I think, to allow them to do other things. Uh, but definitely was, was playing to Andy's tune on tangent and uh, I had no real part in the writing as such uh, more of the shaping I would say if anything okay let's check out one more from the band Manning before we move on to some of Guy's other musical endeavors from 2013's The Root The Leaf and The Bone this is The Forge Pots and pans 
go anywhere. Prague Watch will be right back. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Before the break, we heard The Forge from one of the last albums put out by the band Manning. The 2013 release, The Root, The Leaf, and The Bone. Before we hear some more of my chat with Guy, let's hear one from the United Progressive Fraternity, which features a guest performance by Yes vocalist John Anderson. From the fraternity's first album called Fall in Love with the World in 2014, this is The Water.
sea Let the water run free Help me to see Let the water Water by United Progressive Fraternity, a supergroup which featured Guy Manning, and one which we will hopefully be hearing more from soon. Now more of my chat with Guy Manning. So uh, what prompted you to bring uh, Manning to an end? Well, a number of things, really. I mean, the fact is, we, you know, I had released 15 albums, mm-hmm. and, and I wondered whether the world really needed another one. Um I mean, they were critically well accepted, I think, with the Manning albums, but they never sold a great deal of copies. So it was definitely a labor of love. And as I say, when I got to <clears throat> doing the two acoustic albums, Acoustic 1 and Acoustic 2, which sort of bookended The Root, The Leaf and The Bone, mm-hmm. I was trying to reconnect with some of the things I wanted to do um, in the earlier songs by reproducing them in a different way, in an acoustic sort of unplugged and more um, simpler way, a a less cluttered way than I had done on the albums. But that was really sort of the end of the journey for me for that point. I I decided that for Manning that was enough for the time being. That's not to say it's gone forever and I might do another one one day. But I was definitely thinking, you know, this this is me in my studio writing all this and getting people to play the parts and wouldn't it be nice to to just write the songs and have somebody else do something for a change. So it was quite a selfish um, 
and uh, premeditated act, really, to bring uh, Manning to an end. Um, I also felt that the band we had at the time were good, but they weren't as good as, you know, as a whole in the way that we had been in previous incarnations. And I felt in myself that I was less interested, to be honest, by the time we got to the end. And I thought, if we're going to do this next time, you know, we need some time off to regroup and re-energise. And I started looking around for other things to do. And that was really when uh, the phone rang and Mark Truyak got in touch about the United Progressive Fraternity Project. Mm -hmm. And I this is good timing, you know. I don't really want to do more of a ma more Manning material yet, but I can write for other people, I can play with other people, and I can collaborate. So I went off to do UPF and uh, co-opted Marek and Dan into that as well. So the three of us were there as, as like the European arm of uh, United Progressive Fraternity, and we did the album Fall in Love with the World, and then we went off to do a short promotional tour and I thought, this is great. You know, I'm not doing everything. Some other people are doing something. Isn't it wonderful? I don't have to carry the whole weight of the world on my shoulders. I can just collaborate. Mm -hmm. And that was the seed, and that was the beginning of, uh, of Demani. And, you know, from that, you know, um, we came off tour, and I settled down to write for what I thought was going to be UPF2. You know, these materials. I wrote a lot of material with Mark singing it in my head, and... Uh, the other musicians I'd worked with, and obviously Marek and Dan again, and uh, had all this material. But in the meantime, Mark had changed the direction he wanted to go in and was working more with Steve Unruh from Resistor and Samurai of Prague. And, and so the stuff that I was got, I had sort of amassed and created for the project was sort of slightly left of kilter with where he wanted to go, which I thought was fine. But I didn't want to waste the material, and therefore I thought, well, there's some good songs here. So um, selfishly, I said, well, if, if you're not going to use them, you, I'm going to use them myself. And so that was it. Why not? I formed yeah. <laughs> from the ashes of that, not the band, because the band's still going and about to release another album, in fact. And, I, and I'll be collaborating with them on future projects. I just wanted some time off for Demanic. But, um, I, you know, having got all these material, we settled down to write it. So Marek, Dan and I, the European part of UPF, started picking out songs and I wanted a good keyboard player because I, you know, I'm adequate on most instruments, but not great on any. So um, I wanted a good keyboard player and I immediately thought of Sean because I'd met Sean obviously with Unitopia at the same time I met Mark mm -hmm. and I'm both lovely guys, both brilliant guys. And I thought, well, if Sean would be at all interested, he's a great keyboard player and less famous you know it's less of having a guest star if you like than if i'd asked you know like oliver wakeman to join or something like that well or whatever or, or rick even <laughs> but um you know so that's how the, the manic started and that's the history it's really going from manning through using upf as a stepping stone it was a good album and a good tour and into demanic so that's how we are where we are today in a sort of timeline if you like okay yeah that really puts it together nicely um so your first album on track seemed very direct in the messages it was trying to convey, like this crowded biosphere of choking disharmony. Um, yeah. Is it fair to say that album was more focused on getting across messages? Yes, it is. I, I, yes, it is, and it was. Um, I had a lot of things to say. Some people didn't want to hear the message, and I had some interesting comments from people who thought that my uh, doom-laden... Uh, 
uh, approach looking at the the demise of the of the planet earth was uh, was rubbish <laughs> and yeah. that there wasn't there was no problem at all no, I, d I beg to disagree but i had some things i wanted to talk about and uh, there are plenty of messages on the album long time shadow falls about the demise of um, african wildlife oil over arabia about the the burning of the, uh, the QA oil fields and the impact it had on the economy, and, uh, the ecological system that was running there, mm -hmm. never mind the war itself, but it also had a lasting effect on the land. Um, Dark Sun, which is about air pollution. Um, you know, I had things I wanted to say, and I think the first album, I tended to be a little preachy, I guess, um, in the subject matter, and, and I just I felt I needed to get it off my chest more than anything else. Um, so there were some very direct messages within on track and some more subtle things. Um, Madison Blue is, is a human condition narrative story and Nana Bozo and the Rainbow is, is about nature but in a fantasy way, um, uh, recounting the story of the, um, of the god Nana Bozo who is a Chippewa uh, deity, uh, uh, a trickster god from the Chippewa legends. Um, and so there were things I wanted to say. Some of them were direct and some of them were indirect, but they were all about nature and sociological, ecological themes, I guess, on, on track. That's what it was about. Right. Now let's move on to Guy's current project, The Manic, from the first album called On Track, released in 2017. I'm going to play two tracks. First, we will hear Nana Bozo and The Rainbow, immediately followed by The Cosmic Score, subtitled Heaven Song, Part 1.
Lying in a forest, staring up at the crescent moon The canopy above me sways to a cosmic tune As the peppering of stars hangs on a gas plane stave The music is still evolving, waves cascade below The harmonies accentuate the rhythm of the flow And all is well on the earth And all is where it should be Heaven's song sustains us in our lives Tuned and moved with comfort of astral
defenseless against the new distorted order Where self-interest feeds and chaos expands its borders Changing the theme Change forevermore Living songs sustains us No two days are ever the same. At Care.com, you can find trusted and flexible sitters to help manage your family's ever-changing schedule. Care.com can even help you out with housekeepers, dog walkers, senior caregivers, and more. So you can find care for all you love. And 100% of caregivers who use Care.com have been background checked with CareCheck, a key first step in hiring confidently. To get the help you need to make it all work, sign up now and find a great sitter at Care.com. You know how great your house looks and smells when it's just been cleaned? So fresh. And somehow, a clean house makes your head feel fresher too. With a housekeeper from Care, you can reset your house and your head as often as you like for less than you think. Find a great housekeeper, set a schedule that works for you, and check cleaning off your to-do list so you can put your mind to other, more fun things. Get the housekeeping help you need at Care.com. Before the break, we heard two songs from the first Demanic album called On Track. To reiterate, those two songs were called Nanobojo and The Rainbow and The Cosmic Score, Heaven Song Part 1. Now let's continue with some of my chat with Guy Manning. So In Flight seems to change directions, take a little bit of a different approach. Uh, it seems maybe more story-driven. Was that a fair statement? Absolutely. Yes, yeah. I think it was. The, the new album's more about the human condition in total. I mean, there's only so many things I can write about from that perspective of a social ecological aspect. And also Mark's, you know, writing with UPF, that's one of the things that attracted me to UPF was Mark's interest in uh, planet Earth and saving planet Earth. And that's why he convinced me that it would be a good thing to get involved with. 
And I, I still say that's a brilliant thing to do. And, that, and the new album that's coming out from then will continue that journey. But there was, for me, I've sort of said what I had to say. And although I think there are other things I could talk about, I would I feel slightly more comfortable, I guess, writing narratives in the third person um, and trying to put the listener into the driving seat alongside the person going through whatever they're going through. And by being on the journey with them and me putting you centra centrally into the storyline, you can hopefully pick up the point of view I'm trying to make, which is usually about the human condition or the, uh, the experiences that the, uh, the protagonists are going through, which might have a deeper, if you like, meaning, I suppose, but also is quite emotive for me it's, it's, it's as i say you are definitely in the mix i think of songs very visually when i'm writing them i can see them you know i'm almost planning the, the video or the the film that's accompanying it and those those although those things don't always come to fruition and there aren't that many um realized visuals for the songs i see them in my mind's eye i see the characters i see their settings and I do research into everything, every song I do. So I, if I'm writing about a place, I'll go on and find out about a place. If I'm writing about Chippewa legends, I will do research into that, that and, do, mm -hmm. and look it up and find out what's going on. Because I think it helps me as a lyric writer and in terms of the atmospherics of the song to bring it alive easier if I really understand the subject matter. And I feel that I don't have to be so linear, you know, and say to you, well... You know, I did this and then I did that and then they would do this and then we do that. I can drop, because I sort of can have absorbed some of the material, I can drop the words into the pond and let the ripples do the work for themselves, if you see what I mean. Yeah, uh, get the idea across uh, in a more personal way and not come off yeah. being preachy, maybe. You know, you mm. used that word before. Yeah, I'm not saying that I thought it was, but... Yeah. No, but you know, I have to acknowledge that I was, you know, it's my point of view I'm putting across. So if you're doing that through song and to somebody and saying, I think there's a problem here and I think you should take notice of it and I think you should do something about it, it's preachy. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's valid and I still stick by my point of view. But there are, as I say, there were other people who thought that was being ridiculous, <laughs> you know, and there's no such thing as climate change. Mm -hmm. uh, so, um, you know, I've had that argument many times, but I still stick to my guns. I think I have to come down on your side with that one. Uh, there, there's just too much going on. I mean, I, I don't think, that, I, I don't know. It's it's scary. It's really scary, you know? Oh, yeah. There Absolutely. could easily come, you know, that, that movie, uh, what was it called? The Day Before, or The Day After the Tomorrow? Day. Yeah, The Tipping Point, Reaching the yeah. Tipping Point. The North Atlantic Current. Exactly. Yeah. It shut down the whole conveyor with the ice water coming down and messed up the salinity. And that could all happen for real. And how oh, fast yeah. it might happen, that movie really put a scare in me saying, wow, you know, you know, yeah, they're talking about, I, I understand the scientific concepts of what they're saying could happen, but to say that it could happen in a matter of days or weeks versus many years where you wouldn't have any chance to do anything about it, you know, oh, that, no, know. that was very scary. <laughs> Yes, I, it's, it's supposed to be scary. I think that was the whole point. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, uh, it got you're me. Right. We, we can spend, spend our days talking about how we're going to put things right. Or we can actually do something about it. Uh, and there's plenty of meetings and GA conferences and all yeah. the rest of it about, about putting the worlds to right. But it's like having meetings about meetings about meetings. Yeah. Uh, we scheduled lots of meetings to talk about how we might do it. It sort of it reminds me of my childhood a little bit. Um, when I used to go to school and I had exams to do, 
and I knew I had to do revision for a certain part of the you know, coming months. I had to revise my material to be able to sit the exams. The first thing I would do, instead of getting stuck into the revision and reading the material, was I'd create myself a laminated exam timetable with different colours on it to show me where all the exams were going to be. <laughs> so this was a work of art. You know, I spent you know, days and days creating this laminated schedule just so I'd know when the exams were, which put off, of course, the actual work of doing any revision. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's rather like GA. We spend a lot of time making our laminated calendars rather than fixing anything. Yeah, I would tend to agree with that. To, to change, you know, topics to a little bit of a lighter stuff, back to music here again. Um, okay. How does Merrick Arnold fit into the whole writing process? Who? Merrick Arnold. No, I'm joking, sorry. Oh. <laughs> uh, Merrick, well... Marek is a, uh, well, primarily, he's a brilliant musician. He's a producer in his own right, because looking at things like Seven Steps to the Green Door, Cyril, Toxic Smile, a whole catalogue of bands he's been involved in, you know, that's really all come from him. Um, In Demanic, he has less of a prominent role in that department and more just in uh, ring-fencing the wind arrangements. Um, So when when I farm out some parts to... To Marek and say, look, I think we need a saxophone playing this line here, or we need a sax solo here. He will take that and run with it, and he'll bring back to the party uh, an arrangement. You know, with Marek, it's never simple. You don't really normally get just a sax solo. What you get is a a primary sax solo with a couple of uh, thirds and fifths parts in the background, creating a sort of that that sort of saxophone section, if you like. And you mm-hmm. can hear a lot of that. On, on the middle sections of both um, <clears throat> the uh, crawler and the crossing where he's put in sort of a you know sort of a steely Dan-esque sort of brass sort of arrangement to support the fact that he's doing a lead soprano saxophone which is his primary instrument uh, solo but primarily on our albums he, he, he tends to feature the soprano but he has played the clarinet mm-hmm. he played the clarinet once and that's on big parade from on track but a lot of reviewers in their review thinks he plays clarinet all over the albums because they are not able to maybe understand the difference the between the clarinet and the sopranos about that sometimes they can sound they can sound similar yeah but, yeah they say his thing is to is to bring me sax sax arrangements but he also does a very interesting things with with this new instrument called the seaboard which is a it's a different way of playing keyboards really it's a it's a more tactile approach to keyboard playing. I mean, you can say, well, keyboards are all fingers and keys. So why isn't it, why is, why is it any more tactile than that? But I think you can apply pressure and you can slide your fingers up and down the notes on the seaboard, which gives you rises and falls mm-hmm. and uh, vibratos and modulations and bends that you couldn't do on a keyboard where you're playing with one hand and then maybe altering the, uh, the pitch and things with the wheels and uh, other uh, motorized bits of gear on the on the keyboard itself. The seaboard, it's your fingers that are doing all the bends, modulation, and by pressure and all the rest of it. And he does there's some really lovely bits on in flight where he's done that, and you can hear some very odd sort of textural synthesizers going on. And that's a lot of his seaboard work in, involved in there. So it's quite quite interesting to hear that. Yeah, I saw I saw someone doing that on a concert video. So I forget what I was watching, but I was like, boy, what is that? You know, it yeah. was neat. I didn't know what it was called. So it's a seaboard. Seaboard, yeah. I'd like one, but the two thousand pounds, you know. Ooh. <laughs> so you know, I'm not getting one anytime soon. 
Um, but uh, St. Mary's got one, and um, yeah, he, he he likes it, and because he, he, it gives him a different, it shows him a different way of playing, and I think that's that's what you hope. If you pick up a new instrument, for example, you know, if I decided I wanted to learn to play, when I wanted to learn to play the mandolin or the bazooki, for example, once you start playing around on the instrument, it's got its own tone, it's got its own feel, and you start playing it in a way which is hopefully empathetic to the instrument itself. And it'll give you a whole insight into different ways of playing things, mm-hmm. just by the virtue of being a new instrument. With keyboards and guitars, guitars are guitars, and keyboards really you're playing it the same way, but the sounds are different. You know, unless you're unless you're doing pure synthesis, in other words, you're really altering the sounds through use of the electronics, like on moog, mini moogs and things, mm-hmm. where you're actually you know changing the nature of the sound itself by the synthesis board part of it but you're still playing you still playing with one hand on a keyboard while you're doing that so the seaboard is a slightly different a different approach it's using your hands in conjunction with the keyboard in a, in a a different very different way so it's quite interesting actually yeah i can see the the potential there now let's get into some of the great new demonic album called in flight i'm going to play two back to back again first it will be ragusa and then we will immediately go into the crawler
light to play It tracks across the room and the stars shine hides it away Crisscrossing the mirror It crawls along the floor Slips into darkness To wait behind the wardrobe door In the middle of a forest Where a cold hunter's eyes stare you down And you want to, but cannot turn around Locked in the moment When your shivering blood runs cold Remembering every fairy tale you've been told In the middle of a dream where you can't awake in the center of a feeling that you just can't shake In the instant when you listen to that inner voice On the pivot of the scale where you have no choice In an hour there'll be nothing left of you In a minute lost to everything you ever knew In a second a beat of your heart
Ragusa and the Crawler from the recently released Demanic album called In Flight. Now let's finish up with my chat with Guy Manning. So we talked about Sean before and how important he is. And I know you had a tour coming up with uh, uh, Southern Empire scheduled. So uh, what? What's I mean? Obviously, what happened yesterday? It was I guess uh, was Sean um, his health crisis. I guess we'll call it. Um, what what's going on with the tour is it still on or has that even been decided or what you know i, no, I had a whole it, line of questions here as far as you know the tour and everything but uh well i think you have to we have to proceed in this conversation as if that as if sean's problems hadn't arisen because i think that's important i don't want to put any pressure on him to make him think about uh you know the future for that anyway i mean his health is the most important for me so. absolutely want to keep out of his way and let him come recover peacefully without shouting him about what, what's going to happen with the door. Um, I think that has to just come out of whatever's going to happen. So let's assume that he's fighting fit. There's no reason why he shouldn't be, actually, because he, they caught it well. They've, they've provided the right uh, medications for him. They're providing the right uh, therapy and the cure for him. And he should be back to full health very, very quickly. That's having, having said that. There's always a question mark about that there when he wants to jump on a nine-seater coach and go across Europe. Um, so I'm not putting any pressure, and I'm waiting to see what he wants to do, and we'll see. But I mean, the recovery part of it should you know, should go off pretty well. So I'm, I'm confident he's going to make a full recovery, which is the main thing I wanted to hear from yesterday. Yeah, absolutely. Um, For the tour, we just have to assume it's going ahead at the moment. I don't really want to say anything more than that. Okay. It's about a month off, right? I mean, all those dates yeah. were starting early October, or I mean, early November, really, right? Well, it's in mid-November. Okay. So we've got a bit more time. Um, we've, we're supposed to be in Germany around the 21st of November to rehearse ahead of our first dates. On the, I think the first date is the Bear Keller in Germany, uh, Reichenbach on the 24th. So we've got um, a good... Six or seven weeks, six, yeah. Yeah. Um, and if he recovers well and, want, and wants to continue with the tour plans then that should be all doable. If he doesn't decide he doesn't want to do the tour plans, then we'll cross that bridge when we come to it and decide what to do about it at that point. It's too early to say, I think. Okay. We have enough time for one more song from the new Demanic album. So here's Mooncatcher. He lifts his arm to the sky tonight Looks along its In the palm of his hand So now he controls the waves Mooncatcher, mooncatcher Can you stir my heart? Lead me to love and desire Lost in sweet delight Following the call of the night Each flex of a finger Brings a new response He skims the craters and sees The cold bell 
Again, that was Mooncatcher from the new Demanic album called In Flight. And as we heard from Guy in the last segment, the European tour with Southern Empire is going on according to schedule. In the intervening weeks since I spoke to him, that has been confirmed. So, my European friends, look for that great bill of Demanic and Southern Empire coming your way. That tour kicks off in just a few weeks, and I will have links where you can find more information when I post the show to my website, progwatch.com. That's P-R-O-G-W-A-T-C-H, all one word, dot com. So special thanks to Guy Manning for being my esteemed guest, and thanks to our man, Dr. Rob Fisher, for all of his help in making this happen. So yada yada, Facebook and Twitter, yada yada, email at progsquatch at gmail.com, 
and yada yada, progwatch.com, where you can listen, subscribe, investigate artist links, and maybe even help support the show if you are so inclined. Thanks for coming along for the ride once again. Until next time, please be good to each other, and prog on, my brothers and sisters. your house looks and smells when it's just been cleaned so fresh and somehow a clean house makes your head feel fresher too with a housekeeper from care you can reset your house and your head as often as you like for less than you think find a great housekeeper set a schedule that works for you and check cleaning off your to-do list so you can put your mind to other more fun things get the housekeeping help you need at care.com Moms are amazing at tracking down hard-to-find items. Library books, socks, you name it. But sometimes help is welcomed. Care.com makes it easy to find babysitters near you. Sitters with the experience and skills your family needs, like after-school pickup and homework help. You just post a job for qualified sitters to apply. And since all Care.com caregivers are background checked, you can feel confident about interviewing and hiring. To get the child care help you need, sign up now at Care.com.